no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Bay Essentials. On today's show, we recap the Bears' 30-12 victory over the Raiders and much, much more. What's good, Press? Hey, Doug, man. I can't call it, bro. How you doing over there, man? Hey, man. I'm chilling, man. I'm over here just relaxing. Got me a couple drinks going on right now. I'm feeling good. My man said a couple drinks. All right, A-Dub. I'm <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man, hey, man. It, it feels good. You know, I... You know how we are, man, about having a podcast when this team plays terribly, when they lose. It's so much better, man, when the Bears win. And, man, shout out to Tyson Bajit, man, going out there and getting the job done at his first NFL start, bro. Yeah, salute to that kid, man. Came out, showed a lot of poise, and he was very well prepared for this game. I'm happy for him, for him to get his first victory. He got the game ball from Matt Eberflus, and, and the first thing he talked about was the support that he got from his teammates and those around him. During the week, he talked about how Justin was helping him get prepared. I even saw in that shot in the locker room, Justin was standing up in the locker room, and he had a big smile on his face, man. So for all the people out there that's trying to start, you know, dissension and, and trying to cause division, man, Justin Fields, man, is, is supporting his teammate, man. And you can tell Tyson Bajan, he knows what the situation is. When Justin's healthy... We know who our QB was going to be. Without a doubt, it's Justin Fields. And it's great to see how Justin Fields has supported Tyson throughout the week and help him, helping him prepare for this type of game against the uh, Raiders. I mean, you, you applaud that. That's teamwork. That's leadership. That's all those great qualities you want to see in the quarterback. Now, this game exceeded my expectations. Now, audience, if you guys remember, your boy Prez, I predicted this victory. You know what I mean? But I didn't think it was going to be like this, hey, though. I did not see this coming. <laughs> hey, look, I was expecting a low-scoring game. It was low-scoring for the Raiders, but not so much for the Chicago Bears. And I'll tell you, man, they really showed me a lot. Based upon what we saw against the Vikings, so many question marks with the O-line, Tyson Bajan's first star, just so much going on, and you didn't really know how the team was going to perform overall. And then look here, great performance overall by the team. Noah, not only did you have a low-scoring game, but you had the Bears losing. And uh, a lot of our listeners <laughs> got in the mentions and the DMs, and they wanted you to remember that. And I said, hey, you know what? Y'all get off my, my boy, man. He was only giving his honest opinion. Y'all stop it. <laughs> hey, look, I'm not mad at the fans for coming to me hardcore that way, Perez. I appreciate that. I get it. I was totally wrong. And you know how you and I talk about, at the end of the day, we more care about the win. And seeing the Bears get a W – that's the most important for us. So you're right. I was wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. I'm glad the Chicago Bears got the victory. Well, now you got this team sitting at two and five. And the storylines of this game are a little bit differently, right? Because you lose another game, drop down to one and six. And now people are talking about tanking and all this other bullshit. And I will tell you one thing. For the audience of people that's out here wanting us to tank for Caleb Williams and Drake May, if you all watched how those fucking dudes played on Saturday – 
Ooh. You stop and run in your mouth about tanking. Appreciate what you have. It reminds me a little bit of AAA baseball. You know, you could be great in those areas. You could be great in college, but you never know how they turn out when they get to the NFL. And we've seen a lot of top prospects not do so great in the NFL. So right now, let's see what we have in Tyson. And, of course, let's see what we continue to have in Justin Fields. And that's the reason why I brought up my point in the open about the fact that, hey, I still think Justin Fields is QB1 in this ball club. I'm not going to take anything away from Tyson. Right. But I think the things that he did in this ball game is what you want your backup quarterback to come do. You want your backup quarterback to come in here, manage the game, move the football, put the ball in the end zone, right? However, though, let's not look at this Raiders team and think that they were anything fucking fantastic or any sort of a, a great ball club. And a lot of the things that Tyson did in this ball game, Justin could do the same thing, and if not more. And so that's why I want people to just realize, like, hey, what, what did you see today? What you saw is competent quarterback play. But that's what you should have. And you look at the fact that how Lugetti called the game, mm -hmm. how he done a good job at managing and controlling the situation and putting Tyson in a position to succeed, that's what it's all about. So to your point, Tyson didn't have a lot of responsibility in this game to where, hey, you go out there and just air it out. That wasn't the case. You've seen the play calling, how we got so many other players involved in the game to take a lot of pressure off Tyson Beijing. Oh, yeah. he They definitely took a lot of the pressure off of him. Now, going into this matchup, right, we got an update on Justin. And, and basically what we're hearing as far as his injury is concerned is he's still having problems gripping the football. And he's probably going to be out for multiple weeks. Now, what Tyson's performance signaled to me is the coaching staff should not rush Justin back. Give him an extra week. So my thing is start Tyson again against the Chargers next week. Because, again, he's shown you that he has the ability to, to manage the game plan and move the offense. So why rush a quarterback back in the ball game that might not even be 100% at that point? So from my standpoint here, listen, let's see what this kid's got. The last thing you want to see is Justin Fields go back out there and then re-injure that hand again. And that's not what you want. So right now, let him continue to heal up. Go ahead and get Tyson a chance. That's the press point. Didn't look bad in this particular game here. Why not? I think the kid earned another opportunity. Well, and uh, before we get into our analysis of the game, I want to take a moment here and kind of talk through some of the inactives. So, obviously for us, we weren't surprised that Justin Fields showed up on the active list. Same thing with Eddie Jackson and Nate Davis and also Roshan Johnson. But we also saw Terrell Smith and Dan Feeney showing up on the injury report. So, in this matchup, one of my keys was the fact that I wanted to make sure that Jalen Johnson and our secondary was keying in on Devontae Adams and suffocating him. And you saw earlier in the game that the Raiders were trying to feed the football to him. And then the Bears made some adjustments defensively, and then the Raiders had to shift that shit over to Myers. And guess what? A-Dub talked about that in the show. But the simple fact of the matter is, I was okay with Jacoby Myers getting them seven catches because it was nothing. It was a nothing right. burger. He scored a touchdown in garbage time. whoop de whoop but you know what we did do? After that fucking open in first quarter when, when Devontae Adams was going off, you didn't hear a peep out of him after that. He hit it right on the head, Press. That was a good key to the game. You will not talk a lot about Devontae Adams and what he has done to the Bears in the past. He's a guy that you know has a high ceiling when he come down and get receiving yards. And the fact that the Bears were able to neutralize him most of that game, that says a lot. And you got to get a secondary a lot of props because they really did came out there. They played well, including the rookie Tyreek Stevenson. I know he's, yes, 
got beat a couple times by Adams or Myers. But the thing is, that kid played extremely well, man, and very competitive. And we were able to do that with Bojack being an active, right? And that's the yep. thing. It's like the secondary, still not at full strength. Kyler Gordon, man, I'm so glad that he's back. And A-Dub, the craziest shit is watching him when he gets introed and this motherfucker does that crazy-ass Spider-Man fucking flip. I'm like, this <laughs> dude is crazy athletic, bro. The guy loves football, man. He's a big key component to our secondary. I'm happy for the kid, Kyler Gordon, to see him back. And he's a key part to what they do. And to see him come out there and perform well in this game here, and then you talking about his athletic ability, man, the guy is gifted. And this is what we like about him. All right, man, let's get into it, man. So offensively, one of the things that I was really challenging Luke Getzey on in this ball game was giving Tyson Bajan a game plan that was manageable, that was something that was going to put him in a good spot. And with the way that we've run the football this season, I said there's no reason why we go away from that formula unless the Raiders basically force us out of that formula. Right. And guess what? In this game, Luke Getze did not go away from the running game. Whether it was Foreman, whether it was Evans, bro, we had that shit working. And you know what's crazy? This is how bad of a team the Raiders are. The Bears did not show much of a vertical threat at all in this ballgame. And if that would have been me as a defensive coordinator – I would have fucking said, you know what? If you guys aren't going to take shots down the field, then you ain't going to run this fucking football on me. <laughs> no, the Raiders did not take that shit away, and the Bears, just, they continued to punish them. And that's like what I've been looking for all season from Getty. Hey, man, consistency. If they're going to give it to you, take that shit. You were spot on, Perez. The Raiders showed no ability to slow down the Bears' run game. Deontay Foreman handled business. Evans came in, did the same thing. And you got to look and say, look, if that's what's working, that's what caused us to move the chain, continue to stay with it. And I got to give Getsy a lot of credit for doing so. And I run it back depth, man. I mean, it, it's insane. You got to think about this, Dub. Before the injuries to Herbert and to Johnson, Foreman was out here on the active list. And look at what he's doing. It is a testament to the depth that Ryan Poles put together in that running back room. And we talked about it a lot during the offseason of like, man, we have so many running backs in this room. It's a running back by committee situation because all these guys are talented. And you got a loaded running back group like we have, and then the fact that Foreman stayed ready, he earned a game ball from mm -hmm. Eberfoots. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And what he said behind it was like, look, I understand the guys ahead of me who've been starting and getting the carries, but guess what? I'm still at dude. <laughs> so right now, he's showing that he's still confident in his ability and he went out there performing extremely well, man. So you got to give Foreman a lot of credit for preparing himself for this game and staying ready. Because Lugetti ran the football down the Raiders' throats, we were balanced out there, right? Yeah. And it didn't put all the pressure on the young quarterback. And guess what, man? Tyson, he took what the defense gave him, was smart with the football. And one of the other keys that I brought up on the episode was I wanted Tyson to play Mistake-free football. AWP yes. did that today and then some. Ooh-wee. The fact that the kid did not turn the football over, that was an automatic plus for us, Perez. I'm yep. like, wow, that's good. I think he only got sacked once in the game, which says that he was getting rid of the book football pretty quickly. And also the O-line did a good job blocking for him. But you got to say to Tyson saying, look, you came in with a good game plan from Luke Getty and Eberflus, and you understand what your role was coming into this game. So with some of the chatter that's going on on Twitter right now, whether it's pertaining to 
uh, Justin Fields and his future here in Chicago. And now what people basically see in Tyson Beijing having a little success. What are your thoughts there on, on Tyson Beijing long term? Like, do you think it's viable? We have a lot of listeners that ask questions of like, hey, guys, do you think it's viable that Tyson could be the QB one in the future? Now, I mean, I made my opinion about it earlier, but I wanted to get your thoughts on the ADA. I think right now, Perez, QB number one is Justin Fields. I like Tyson Bajan. I think he's a solid backup quarterback. I still believe there's a lot for him to learn as a QB. But the thing is, there are still some training wheels on him. You're not allowing this guy to go out there and just try to win a football game like we've done with Justin Fields, right? He still needs to go through a process that Justin Fields went through to be QB1, right, and to be an effective quarterback. So I still think that Tyson is good as a QB number two, but I don't think he's ready to take on the ham right now. And I think there's still some growth for him. You hit a good point about the team that we went up against. We didn't go up against a team that's very good in the trenches, right, that can get after him and come at him, you know. We went up against the Raiders, who are not so great at times, and they proved to us that they were against the Bears today. But you got to look at the competitors you're going against. And right now, he looked good against the Raiders. Doesn't mean he's going to look great against everyone else. And right now, you got to pace yourself with this young quarterback without ruining him or ruining his confidence. I think that's the biggest piece there is his confidence, right? I think yeah. right now, you got a quarterback right now that his confidence is, is going upward, right? Right. That's what you want. I love the fact that Iberflus took the ball first allowed the offense to have the football, that gave confidence to Tyson, right? And I think that's showing Tyson, like, hey, you know what? We know that you're going to have some nerves. We want to put the football in your hand. We want to show that we believe in you. I love that. Now, the biggest things that I take away from looking at Tyson out there on the field, and we said this before, he doesn't fucking look like a rookie. He doesn't play like a fucking rookie. The poise that this kid has. He's out there, man. If you look at his face out there on the field, bro, you don't see a lot of fear in the minds, man. He's a guy that's a gamer, and he's ready, man. Just the poise of a seasoned veteran, bro. I just love to see that shit. And I'm happy for him. I think one of the parts of his game, Perez, that really just stood out, man, is the fact that his mobility, the way he was able to escape and, right. and then get down the field. I'm like, man, then he get pumped up to get the crowd involved a little bit and say, hey, I got this, you know? So I just love a kid like that, like you said, playing like a seasoned vet. So if you can continue doing that and continue to grow, man, Tyson, you in good shape and your stock can rise a little bit. And you know what? This is a key situation for him because right now he is developing right before our eyes. And this is good for the Bears, right? Not only are we getting a W today, but you have a number two quarterback that's showing you, hey, I got it. So that gives you confidence in the future of, like, we got a young quarterback in our system that we can have behind fields or whatever they decide to do in the future if they get crazy with the quarterback position. But whatever the situation is, you have a guy right there in that backup position that you start to feel a little confident in. I know we talked about the quarterbacks in general in the past, right, what we had on the roster, but now feeling like you got a nice number two quarterback, that's awesome because we haven't always been able to really say that. And if you continue to develop the guy, continue to work with them, I like the fact that what we see thus far I just hope it continues at this rate. I love his growth. I love everything he shared about him already, Perez. I just want the kids to continue to be successful and have that mindset of a winner. Another piece of the offense that I thought was really good is something that Lugetti has gotten away from at times this season, ball control. I thought this ball game, man, we did a really good job of killing that clock. Ooh. The offense was methodical and surgical, man, especially in that third quarter on that touchdown drive. <laughs> 
Absolutely, Perez. A very good mixture of running the football, some timely throws, man. And we're talking about the throws that weren't even deep. We're talking about these short passes, man, that mm -hmm. Tyson Beijing was able to execute. And that's why I got to give him a lot of credit. In that short game, he made an impact because he was able to get those passes out quickly, and then the wide receivers did the rest. And what did I say on the last show? I talked about the fact that, of course, you know Tyson's going to target DJ Moore. But we also saw the fact that when the Raiders shifted their focus onto DJ Moore, you saw that it opened up opportunities not only for Darnell Mooney, but it also opened up opportunities for Tyler Scott. And Beijing was able to get the ball out to those other weapons. And that's the thing that we want to see. We want to see that ball be distributed amongst the different weapons there on the offense. And he did a very good job at distributing press. We even saw your boy Mercedes Lewis get involved, man. Yes, sir. So like, hey, hey, he getting it to everybody. Everybody about to eat today. So I love the fact that he's not married to one situation. He go through his progressions and then make the right play very quickly. And that's what you like about a young quarterback able to do that right now. Let's switch over to the defense, hey, Doug. Give me some of your thoughts there about the defense today because I thought, brother, first of all, Brian, check down Hoyer. I was surprised that the Raiders started him. You you and I, were on our preview pod, we were kind of wondering which way it was going to go. I thought it would have made sense to get Aiden in there, right? But yeah. They went with Mr. Checkdown Hoyer. But let me get, <laughs> let me get your <laughs> thoughts there on the Bears' defense today. Man, I thought the Bears' defense played very well, Perez. I thought they won some good battles in the trenches. I thought the D-line showed up. And then most important to me, man, our secondary. They really came out ready to play, man. And I thought – even Fools did a good job at mixing things up on Hoyer, and we were able to stop them on a lot of third downs, man. And I think that was a big key factor in helping the Bears continue to maintain that momentum. Out of nowhere, man, we got a defense. <laughs> They've been balling, bro. They have yeah. been balling. And like I said, this is going to show you that Matt Eberflus has chops in his league because the turnaround of this defense under his tutelage has been nothing short of phenomenal. And you said it, Prez. A couple episodes ago, nothing against Allen Williams, right? You're like, hey, but even Flutes is doing a very good job with the defense, right? And now that he get a chance to really hone in on the defense, call plays, etc., you're starting to see his defense turn things around. And lately, to your point, Perez, I've been happy to see this defense really do their thing. And then our secondary is starting to show some improvement and get healthy. Mm -hmm. That's always mm -hmm. a good thing. Jalen Johnson back. Now we got Kyler Gordon back. Hey, yes, man, we can make some things happen. You know what the consistent theme has been under Matt Eberflus with this defense? It's pressure. Earlier in the season, we weren't getting any pressure on the quarterback. Matt Eberflus is not afraid to bring that pressure. He turned the heat up on Brian fucking Hoyer. And guess what? It created two critical interceptions by your boy Jalen Johnson. Love those picks by Jalen Johnson. But the only way that happened, Prez, to your point, the pressure. They gave Hoyer a different look that he probably didn't see coming. The D-line was getting back there with Justin Jones and Cole. They put a lot of pressure on him, man. And you knew at that point that Brian Hoyer is going to start to make some mistakes. And uh -huh. then he made a couple big ones that really hurt the Raiders. And you knew at that point they're done. They're cooked. Yeah, because, man, when Jalen Johnson didn't even get out of his break and just broke on that football, I was like, that's how, that's a house call. <laughs> that, was like, <laughs> that was easy. But, you know, coming into this game, one career interception for Jalen Johnson. This is the thing that we talked about in the past on the show, not only just with his injury pass, but the fact of, hey, he doesn't create a lot of turnover. But this ball game right here, man, the pick six touchdown, the second interception, 
Hey, Ryan Pulse, I know you was right there on that sideline. Might be time to cut that check. <laughs> yeah, man, give him the money. Give him the money. I mean, you and I spoke highly of Jalen Johnson in the past, friends. The only knock that you ever said about the guy really was the fact of him not playing a full season. But at the end of the day, when he's out there, they don't target his side <laughs> very much. But seeing him today, how he was able to hold his own ground and look a little bit like Deion Sanders-esque. <laughs> Not quite Ooh. Deion Sanders, but I'm just saying, on that pick Ooh. six, bro, they got to give him some credit there, bro. <laughs> oh, A-double really throwing out some names. Oh, I'm man. just saying, man. I'm just saying. I mean, Press, this is what he did, though. He intercepted a pass intended to Devontae Adams, right? Big time, yep. big time wide receiver. Yep. You pick six that one. Then guess what? They try to hit Jacoby Myers. You get a pick on him as well. You like, look, bring him, bring him on, bring him on, bring on your wide receiver zone. I'll take all of them. Talk to him, Bill. I'm just fucking with you. But listen, that's a helpful point because they keep playing games with Jalen Johnson. Then he was like, all right, I got you. <laughs> and you see what he did. And teams going forward, they gonna go back to their original game plan. They're like, oh, we ain't doing what the fucking Raiders did. That was stupid. We gonna go after Stevenson. We gonna go after anybody <laughs> else except for fucking Jalen Johnson. Because right now, Jalen Johnson. He understands what's at stake here. The kid is trying to get a contract extension. Also, that goal line stand that the Bears defense had where it forced that field goal, I love that. The garbage touchdown, I'm not really going to say too much about that because <laughs> that is what it is. But I thought that goal line stand they dub, I thought that was pretty huge too. Those are the critical points of the game. That's what it's all about right there, not letting them get into the end zone. Well, audience, you know it wouldn't be me if I don't nitpick. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's I coming. Was kinda, yeah, it, it definitely was coming. I'm kind of pissed off, man, with that end of the first half uh, clock management. We had we had three timeouts in our pocket, driving down the field a little bit, and the time's just running off the clock. It, it looks like Tyson's trying to get people lined up. Time is running off the clock, and I'm sitting here like, dude, burn a fucking timeout. Then you see the Tyson gets that big chunk play to DJ Moore. And then after that, the drive was just like a, a stalled mess. And I'm like, what was that? So if I got to have any sort of complaint about this football game, it has to be that clock management. That was awful. And if you're playing a team that's not the Raiders, it's very important and vital to move the football down the field in a situation like that, to, move, to put more points on the fucking scoreboard before the half. Because we know get the ball – in the second half, who started off, it's the Raiders. So you got a chance to go ahead and score. Go ahead and take full advantage of it. What that tells me was that I didn't think Iberflus and Luke Getze had the confidence of thinking that the Bears were going to move the ball downfield, right? They thought on their key third down that, hey, you know what? We don't know what's going to happen here, and it's got out of place. And then from that standpoint, you got to have the most confidence in the world that you're going to move the ball. And it's not a good look. <laughs> it may have gotten by against the Raiders, but to your point, we go against some tougher teams, that can come back to bite you. No, that just pissed me off. You had a, a minute 47 left when you got the ball. On that pass play to Darnell Mooney, it was 53 seconds left on the clock. And I'm like, okay, call a timeout. Right. Nope. They let that shit get all the way down to 26 seconds. I, I can't remember. Somewhere around there. And I'm like, what? And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm hearing the murmur in the stadium. I'm hearing her. I'm like, what in the fuck are they doing? Right. And this coaching staff, A-Dub, I hate to always pick on them, but they find some kind of way to make us all second-guess them. <laughs> yes, Perez. And the other thing they did is, you know, Tyson Bajit 
has been playing with a certain pace throughout the game. At that moment, Prez, on that last drive in the first half, they sort of slowed him down. I'm like, well, you're changing your quarterback and how he loves to flow within the offense. And right now, we're getting a little bit discombobulated based upon how coaching is seeing this thing going into the second half. So I did have my concerns there, Perez. Like, look, you don't want to hurt the momentum of the game. No, you don't. And like, you, and like we were saying earlier, the kid not only is playing with pace, but he's playing with that confidence and the swagger. And it's like, come on, now let's keep our foot on the gas here. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. You know, like, don't make the kid start guessing what he's seeing out there. And I just thought they didn't do a good job with that. But listen, we still got the dub, so I don't want to nitpick too much. <laughs> But that was the thing right there. I was kind of like, ugh, what are, we, what are we doing, guys? What are we doing? They got to work on those two-minute drills, man. Get better in that department. Closing out the halves. I just want to give a shout-out to that defense once again, man. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I'm excited for the defense, Prez, because now we're starting, to your point, see consistency. And they can continue doing this, man. That is a good thing. Because you know in Chicago, you and I talk a lot about this already, Prez. We're built on strong defense, man. That's the foundation of what we do. And uh -huh. having a strong defense is important. I get the offense look cute when they do great things and score a lot of points, but it's all about the trenches in this defense, man. If they can show value and do a great job, you're feeling good about the Chicago Bears. And to your point about the trenches, that's why I was so pumped up about how we looked offensively because in that run game, we're blowing people off the fucking football. And that right there is a recipe for success here with this team. It don't matter if it's Herbert, Johnson, Foreman, Evans. Probably not Homer as much. I don't know what the hell his problem is. What <laughs> 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 the other guys, though, bro, I'm telling you, it don't matter who you put back there, man. They get four or five yards per kick. And that's a testament to our offensive line. And this is where I got to give Chris Morgan a lot of credit, Chris, because he did have his offensive line ready for a game like this. I think he understood what happened against the Vikings with the come out and see his offensive line perform the way they did. You got to look at the coaching and say, hey, I think you guys did a good job at preparing this team and getting them ready and looking at a lot of the details of things because that run game was just fantastic against the Raiders today. And speaking of the running game on the opposite side of the field, you got all pro Josh Jacobs who was running the football at will last season. I don't know what's going on with him this year. But, bro, <laughs> in that game today – our defensive line in that front, they was bullying the Raiders offensive line. Josh Jacobs couldn't get much going, and he looked frustrated out there, man. I'm like, looking at him, I'm like, yeah, it ain't so easy this season for you. <laughs> and in the trenches, they pretty much put it on them, man. They put some big hits on them. They were able to tackle them in the backfield. They did a yep. lot to make sure that that run game was not going to be effective. And what that did to the Raiders it made them for sure one-dimensional. Now you got to throw the football because you cannot get nothing done in the run game. That is correct, man. And filling those gaps, firing off the football, and gang tackling, man. Like, wrapping up. Those are the things that are important. The last few weeks I've been talking about the Bears' inability to tackle effectively. In this ball game here, I can't say that because I thought they did a really good job of bringing the ball carrier down. And going against the Raiders, they were making sure those backs weren't going to do much at all. I think we saw so many different players do a good job at tackling. Even our secondary, Tyreek Stevenson, Kyler Gordon, don't matter who, Jalen Johnson. We've seen everybody tackle well today, and that is a plus. If the Bears are able to get the stops right on time and do it, that is a big key right there. Game ball time. Who's getting your game on offense, bro? 
<laughs> my game ball is going to Luke Getzey. Yes. Wow. I'll give in to the Getzey, friends. You always got to find some way to give him some props. <laughs> my God. I know, man. I got to do it because you know what, Perez? He did a good job at helping Tyson Bajan. I didn't think it, he would do this well with it. And then to your point about sticking with the run, that is a plus to me, man. Like, wait, we stuck with the run. I mean, we let Foreman do his job effectively. And the fact that Jesse did not deviate, that was a plus for me, man. And I think if he can continue to do things of that nature for us, stick with what's working and not try to do all this fancy stuff and create a good balance, which he did for Tyson Bajit, that's a plus. Of course, he got to duplicate that going forward, but I will give him credit in this particular game here where he managed the game very well as the OC. Ah, A-dub, A-dub, A-dub. I'm going <laughs> to let you live. I'm going to let you live. Luke Getty, <laughs> I'm going to let you have a day. I got nothing else to say on that one. But, hey, you know what? Kudos for doing your job today, all right? <laughs> oh, A-dub, you kill me. I know. <laughs> I mean, I would give my offensive game ball to Dante Foreman, man. And yeah. This is the guy, man, when they made a lot of those free agent acquisitions over the course of the offseason. I signaled this one as being one of the more underrated ones. Again, I was surprised that he was inactive. That probably just said more to just how Roshan Johnson, you know, had an impressive training camp and preseason and so forth. However, this guy didn't rush for almost 1,000 yards last season by accident, right? He can fucking play ball. And for the second consecutive week, in the absence of Khalil Herbert, Dante Foreman stepped up, bro. He came up big. And Tyson Beijing is not having the game that he had today without the running of Dante Foreman. Dante right. Foreman ran that football well. Three touchdowns on day to day. Two on the ground, one in the air. Wow. Yontay Foreman did his thing today for us. You know what was most impressive with him in this particular game? Is seeing him break so many tackles. And I'm right. like, I, and again, we're not surprised, but of course, you would not talk a lot about that before with him being able to do that and show that. But man, he did it with, with intentions. Like, look, you're not going to stop me. I'm going to keep going. And every time he got positive yards, first down or second down, it put Tyson Bajent in a good position to be effective, Prince. So you move the chain like that, that helps your quarterback out a lot. Deontay Foreman was right behind all of that, Prince. He did a great job at running that football. I'll tell you what, thing, man. I don't want to be Luke Getsy trying to figure out what to do with that running back room because we're <laughs> Herbert and Johnson in the back. Well, what do you do? Because right now, this guy's showing you he deserves more looks too. That's going to be tough, man. Really tough because... I like what Foreman did. You and I bet high on Roshan Johnson. Herbert is Herbert, right? So you just right. never know what might happen there, Perez. But, man, that is a tough job to have it who you want to get a carry to. That's going to be a tough job for anybody, really. But I got to give it to the fact that the Bears have that type of depth because anytime there's an injury, you know you're straight. <laughs> 100%. All right, defensively, who's getting your game ball? Man, do I got to make it real easy for us, Perez? Jalen Johnson, I can't say anything <laughs> less than that, man. Pay him. Got to pay him now. I mean, the guy went out there, showed what kind of cornerback he really is, especially going against one of the best wide receivers in the game. He proved the point, which he did. He also talked a little bit about that post game, 
Like, look, I'm one of the best, you know, out there. And what he's telling Ryan Poles right now, hey, when I'm with the Bears anywhere else, somebody's going to have to pay me. So I'd rather see him get paid in the Chicago Bear uniform because a guy like him is what we need on the defensive side of the ball. I'll tell you one thing, man. I mean, if he can stay healthy, I mean, that's that's one side of your field that's locked down consistently. I mean, he's been doing this, right? We we talk about the fact that a lot of teams, they don't challenge him. The Raiders, I don't know what they were trying to prove today, but, you know, <laughs> you, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy that they tried to challenge this man because then what'd he do? House call. Another pick. I mean, y'all made Jalen Johnson a very rich man today. The Raiders? <laughs> oh, my God, Jalen. You need to send him a thank you card, brother. You know me. I'm all about players getting paid, especially those who do well. And the fact that he's showing right now, Perez, what his value really is to this team, no matter who is against the Raiders or anybody else, and you go out there just showing what you're capable of doing. Now, his day wasn't perfect. He has a very bad pass interference calls, but I will say, he more than made up for it in that second half. I just wanted to make sure that we highlight it because I know people will be like, yeah, he stepped off in that fourth quarter. But don't forget, y'all, he gave up a lot of penalties. And that's one of the <laughs> things with this team that we got to clean up is those fucking penalties. We got a lot of them today. Yeah, on the offense side and on the defensive side of the ball. So you're right, Perez. Got to clean that up. I know Iberflus always talk a lot about that type of part of the game. But at the end of the day, we got to be better in that area. True that. My game ball is going to Tremaine Edmonds, man. And I, I've really been liking how he's turned up the heat lately. I mean... I feel like the last couple of games, man, he's showing you why they went out and, and made the investments that they made in him, A-Dub. And the tackling he did, pass deflections, I mean, he did everything, bro. And that's what you like about a Tremaine Edmonds, right? Being at the right place, having to, having an understanding of where the football is going, reading the quarterback very well and getting there, reading the run very well and getting there. So I like what Tremaine Edmonds has been doing these last few weeks or so, Perez. He's been playing some good football on the defensive side and I like what he's doing yeah man and that pick that he had I love that I love when he took it to the end zone I'm like I'm loving the fact that that defense is playing with a little bit of that swagger and playing with a little bit of that energy he had two pass breakups obviously the tackles that you brought up A-Dub he's starting to show the player that the Bears have vision in this system and it's, it was huge because that pick that he had it led to points for the offense. And that's what it's all about right there, man. Creating those turnovers, giving your offense some momentum, and seeing your offense cash in. And I think those type of plays like that, Perez, can change the course of a game. And I think the turnovers the Bears got were critical. All right, man. Who's your bear now? Your underperformer for week eight. My underperformer for week eight is Larry Bohr. The offensive line played well as a whole, Perez, but I still look at this here. That if Tyson Bajent to get rid of that ball quickly, man, he have took probably some more hits. And a lot of the heat was coming a little bit from Borm's side. And I'm like, Borm, we got to be a little bit better in the department, man. You can do a little bit better job at, you know, blocking. And you can also do a better job in the run, also passing. And I thought he made some mistakes out there, Perez, that I'm like, hey, that can really show up and hurt your quarterback if we're going against one of those tougher, tougher defensive teams, man, who really can come and put heat on your quarterback. So I still think Larry Borm has some things to clean up. Yeah, I mean, I talked about the penalties. He had two critical ones that negated some nice runs by Evans, right? And and my biggest thing when it comes to Larry Borum, I just can't wait to Braxton Jones gets back. <laughs> I hope he returns off IR. And I, I don't want to take any shots at Borum. It is what it is. But 
Anybody that's watching the film of this team, you know who the weak link in offensive line is. I don't have to take shots at them on the show. But right. just do your homework. <laughs> you know, you guys know what it is. As simple as that, man. All right, man. My bear down for week eight is Cole Komet. Ooh. <laughs> now, this is National Tight Ends Day, man. And the Bears, I think they did him dirty, bro. <laughs> bro, man, he had not one single catch. <laughs> but you see, they targeted him. But again, penalties, right? This is yeah. what I want to talk about with this team. He had two of them. Yeah, he did. Attention to detail, Cole. Come on, man. I know they weren't getting you involved offensively. But hey, you got to stay locked in, man, on the details of the game. So Cole Komet is my bear down for week eight. It would be great to see him get involved more in the offense, right? Didn't happen. But at the end of the day, you still got to do a good job at blocking and, of course, and not get those penalties. And I think those penalties could have really came back to hurt the Bears, man. But you're right. He got to be better than that. Whether he's catching the football or not, just got to be locked in at all times, like you're saying, man. And um, I think he'll be better next game. But this one here, the way he played, wasn't one of his best games. And I want to give a shout out to Justin Jones. He's a guy that I've been going after on the show here and there. He's underperformed, in my opinion. Well, Justin Jones is out there fucking playing some ball today, man. I have to give <laughs> a shout out for that, man. He was balling his ass off. Yeah, he was, friends. Man, these last few weeks, you and the fact that he started to show some consistency now, that's awesome, man. And I hope he continue to keep it up. But, man, that guy's making a difference at stopping the run and getting that backfield and applying pressure. If he continue doing that the rest of the way, that's a big part of what the Bears are doing in the trenches. And he's playing up his role in showing us what he's capable of doing. Well, listen, audience, man, we are so excited. I love Victory Mondays. A-Dub and I, man, we're going to enjoy it. Our day tomorrow, audience, I hope y'all enjoy y'all day. Bears Twitter, I hope we don't argue with each other this week. Because what the <laughs> hell we got to argue about? I mean, they'll find something, they They'll find something. They'll find something, Chris. There's going to be some arguments going on about who's going to be the QB. It's going to be Tyson Bajit or Justin Fields. You know that's coming, bro. More that's going to be happening, man. But it <laughs> is what just, it is. That's, that's just silly, man. We, we know who our QB1 is, right? Right. That's, that's it. You know what I'm saying? I, I won't even entertain that type of viewpoint. My thing is I'm just excited that we have a quarterback, too, that we can trust. And it's somebody that I know if you give the football to him, he's going to go out there and make something happen. So I can appreciate that. Going on to the Chargers here in Week 8, A-Dub, if Tyson gets the nod, hey, this is going to be a big opportunity for this kid. Sunday night football on the road against the Chargers. Khalil Mack and Bosa. Woo! Woo-hoo! Man! Big time Chargers coming through. Woo! It's going to be an interesting game, man. And I'm hoping Tyson Bajan is ready. Well, honest, we'll have you guys covered. We'll have a preview pod coming out later in the week. But until then, man, A-Dub and I, we're going to enjoy our Sunday night. I'm over here sipping on a little bourbon. I'm feeling good right now. I'm feeling really damn good. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate you guys, as always, you know, for listening to the show, sharing it, you know, just helping our show grow. You know, we wouldn't have become a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast without you guys and your support. So we appreciate you guys. Until next time, we are out.
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.